Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Massimo Mercati here with me at Aboca's headquarters in the beautiful Toscana. Welcome to my podcast, Massimo. Hello, hello. Welcome to Aboca. <laughs> really glad you're here and it would be nice to talk with you. Wonderful. As a way of intro, Massimo Mercati is the leader of Aboca, a company dedicated to innovation for health, present in 14 countries. And its mission is really power-filled. It is to improve our life, our equilibrium and our health. Aboca is the leader in Italy and also an international benchmark for medicinal herb-based products for healthcare and well-being. So Massimo, I've, I've been here since yesterday in this area, in this region, and I've uh, uh, visited your production plant areas and also the Aboca Museum and met some of your employees and so on. And I'm so inspired and positively struck by the passion, but also, also the sense of uh, meaning that everybody has around your company. It's really strongly evolving around the close bond, you could say, between the human and between the environment. And you've been extremely successful in, in merging, rediscovering the codes in nature and then combining it with science and research and innovation. So, out of curiosity, your father, Valentino Mercati, founded this company 40 years ago, exactly. What made him take that uh, leap? Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the answer is not just so straight on, because it was a result of many things and factors. And at that time, uh, my, my father was doing a completely different uh, job, because uh, he was uh, one of the most important car dealers mm -hmm. in Italy selling Alfa Romeo cars. So as you can understand, a completely different sector. And it was in the 70s and he was making a lot of money through selling cars. But at the same time, he had the feeling that that economic model was totally unsustainable. As you maybe remember, it was the beginning of the 70s when there was the crisis for oil. So was quite clear that that model uh, became uh, uh, not so sure that it could continue in the future. In the meantime, at the same time, uh, I was born in 1971 and all the medicine at that time was to give to the kids a lot of antibiotics, a lot of medicines and so his idea was that uh, everything was about to change in the near future. And he was looking for alternative, for a new business, new ideas. And it was in that years that he bought our villa, our house in Aboca, where you are today, mm -hmm. just as a place where to live with the family during the summer and so on. And he started also asking what he could do with the fields around this villa that were around uh, 350 acres to be converted. And he started thinking at the idea of growing medicinal plants. At the beginning, not with a clear idea of the business, but because he wanted to use fields that were very difficult to cultivate in a, in a, in a conventional way with the idea of creating, adding value but also with the idea of starting with an agriculture that could avoid any kind of chemicals because these fields were around our house. And this is, for example, one of the main characteristics of all the agriculture in Italy, where we have a field and a house, a field and a house. And so he started thinking that the level of chemicals that were used in the 70s close to a house was a, like a suicide was like something completely out of mind because uh, the fact that these substances were toxics were clear also in the 70s. So he started thinking of the new way of growing medicinal plants and he started to think of the close relationship that there is between health and human health and the environment and the fact that uh, we know 
uh, only little about the rule that uh, dominate, that regulate the nature itself. And so he had in front of him uh, the, the, the need of discovering, of studying the nature of medicinal plants and the relation between the complex system that is human and nature. And so the Aboca history starts from these first thoughts. Aboca is born based on ideas, based on the need of doing something different. And uh, doing something different means uh, give uh, or rereading, you know, the relationship between a man and nature. And it gave me the opportunity since uh, the beginning to shape the company in a way of uh, being part of the transformation that we believe will be needed, you know, in order to make our world a sustainable one for human beings. And therefore, the Aboca model, which is a very particular enterprise model, because we go from the seeds to the manage of our, you know, pharmacies, and we go through all the phases of uh, cultivation, research, production, and so on. So I have a lot of areas where we can uh, try to innovate in order to uh, define a new model of doing business in uh, relation with the needs of the society and the human being. And this not just because we are a philanthropist, as you can say, you know, not just because we are nice people, but because we believe that also the economic success will be a consequence in the future more than now of a model that it's really able to create value. There is profit and then value. The relation should be the opposite. First create value and then making profits. And in this uh, changing world where it's now clear that it could exist in an infinite growth in a planet that has limited resources, we really need to find a new model. And Aboca gave me, as a second generation, the opportunity not only to live well, I mean, and to do a nice job, but also to try to create the conditions that could, uh, I hope, be an example of the fact that it could exist the possibility to create value, making profit, and in the meantime, put the basis for a sustainable growth, which means uh, creating value not only for now, but also for the future. And for Aboca, this is not just an idea, one of possible idea, because we, since we are an agricultural company that then work to make products for the human health, but we are strictly linked to our environment because, uh, for example, phenomena like the climate change, you know, or the pollution of water. And for us, it's not a variable where we can work or not. It's something that will impact on the fact that uh, Aboca will survive or not. Because if uh, we cannot grow our plants in our fields, that would make, uh, would mean that Aboca is dead. And then from another point of view, if we look in nature to find a health solution for the human being, we need to know the nature, its rules, and we need also to demonstrate on a scientific basis what is this relation between complex system in nature and human being, which means going at the deepest roots of the rules of the living system. And therefore, also when we look at the enterprise, we look at an organization of living system in relation with other living systems. So that's really uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> so you have this systemic approach. Yeah, this is the concept, systemic approach. In fact, uh, we have been since the foundation of Aboca studying uh, why natural things should be better than things that are created in a lab by the human. Why? We, the first, uh, maybe that could be an intuition. Many people like that because it's like a green thinking. But we wanted to make a, a different explanation. We know that our products work in some ways better than drugs, not always. And this better means that they have uh, a therapeutical index so the relation between risk and benefit that in many cases, for example, for minor diseases are much better than drug. 
because they don't have side effect, you know, or are limited side effect. I'm talking about some products, of course, I'm not talking in general, but this is a sign of the fact that uh, in uh, using natural products uh, in uh, with the human being that it's part of the natural system, that should be some uh, link that it's based on the coevolution of human beings and plants that are all part of the living system. And uh, we found the theoretical uh, solution of this idea in the concept of systemic thinking. And systemic thinking, which uh, one of the philosophers, which is also a, a physicist, very important, that it's one of the father of the deep ecology, which is Friedrich Capra, explained this theory quite well, saying that all living systems are based on certain pattern and organization system that we can uh, identify in the networks. Network is the organizational system of nature, society and so on. And when you look at this network as a complex system, you can understand that the complex system means something that creates properties that are not in the parts of the system. Which means uh, in technical terms that when you look at the system, uh, you have emergent properties that are something more than the sum of the part. That was the old idea, let's say, of holism, that now could be applied in scientific terms. And it would be important to understand that because you need to know the rule that will create these emergent properties. And we work with complex substances and our body it's a complex system. So life, it's an emergent property. Understanding that means that you have to look at the reality and also when you look at medicine in a different terms. So if you look at the physiopathology, for example, the way that the disease arise, you know, in our body, you cannot only consider the phenomena or the symptoms. You have to understand the process. So when you enter a look at the process, everything will change because you are not acting only in order to change the phenomena at the end of the process, but you try to modify the situation, the process that creates that condition. And from this point of view, all health needs become to be linked to any, each other. Think that now, as you know, and everybody knows, uh, when you look at the elderly people, they get, let's say, 10, 15 drugs per day. But nobody's looking at the interaction between them. So each pills has its own target. But this is just a reductionist view, because it's not like that. Because you get 15 of that pills that will act on 15 targets that are all related to each other. And every medical doctor look at one pill, you know, so that's just to understand what is the situation. And we, thanks to the existing pharmacology, we achieved great results. We don't say the drug is not useful or we don't need, but maybe now we have the knowledge, the techniques to understand something more. So the fact that all these targets are related and to study the human organism and the medicine in systemic terms. In fact, we are more and more talking about system biology, system medicine. And from this point of view, you have to consider that we look at our plants that contains a lot of molecules, you know, a lot of substances as a complex system to be studied in this new way of uh, thinking. So from a theoretical point of view to a, a, the concrete application to medicine and the same concepts can be applied also on how we see the company, the rule of the enterprise in the society, you know, the way of uh, uh, dealing with our employees and so on. Now you're also officially transformed into what we call a benefit corporation, right? You already have a very purpose, accountability, transparency-driven company. But what does this new kind of legal model really mean for you? But we decided to transform Aboca in a Societa Benefit, uh, which is uh, a new regulation that is applied in, um, in Italy and in some uh, state in the US. It's important because uh, for the first time, the 
the law recognized the possibility to define as a purpose of the company not only making profit in the interest of the shareholder but also following other goals that are social and environmental goals and we decide to even if uh, for our company nothing changed because we still do what we have always done but we believed it was important to become societal benefit in order to say what we always uh, have thought which is that the company cannot uh, survive if only pursue profit because profit must be a consequence of the creation of value and creation of value means that the company has to look at the impact that the company has on its employees but it's not enough also in the environment and the society and what is more important is that this has to be in a vision not only in the short term not only in the next uh, two or three or five years but like saying uh, what will be the impact uh, in the long term and this is something that for example think about uh, um, agriculture you know when you use your field and you use uh, chemical substances in that field and these chemicals are not uh, biodegradable, you know, so you're sure that that substances will remain in that field for a time much longer than uh, your property. Because there will be a moment where you will not be owner of that land, but that land will be polluted by you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is a concept of uh, having the responsibility of your impact uh, in the long term, looking not only at the shareholder value, but at the value at the, um, let's say, planetary level, you know, what is your impact. The fact that make uh, Societa Benefit interesting for us is that in this case, these social goals not are outside the company as it normally is when you talk about corporate social responsibility. In that case, you have the goal of the companies making profit, then you redistribute. You use part of this profit to compensate the externalities, the damages or the impact that your company had in the society or in the environment. In the Societa Benefit, the situation is different because the social environmental goals are part of the bylaw, so are inside the constitution, let's say, of the company. And all the managers have to follow that. So it's not a compensation. It's not create damages and compensate. It's create value and therefore profit will become not the, just the first uh, value of the company. So for this reason, I think it's an interesting model. And it's very interesting to follow. In Italy, Societa Benefit. Uh, in the US, it's a B Corp. It's the B Corp movement that it's growing all over the world. And because it is so beautiful and uh, elegant in the sense that it's really, as you say, clearly given value and also therefore being a profitable model, what can we all do in order to make more companies decide to go on this route? Somebody can maybe say, okay, yeah, it's easy for you, Massimo, you have a family-owned company, right? So you don't have the classic shareholder value problems or, or, or you know, you don't have that as the number one preoccupation, but you're actually delivering extremely good profit as well. So you are an ultimate proof of the fact that this model is working, right? So why don't we see more companies do this? I think that we really have uh, to change the, the dominant culture, you know, that is behind the idea of the enterprise, because normally we think that we can, that the company make money but the first point, it's uh, trying to extract value from uh, wherever you have. So this is the point. It's not creating more value, it's extracting value. It seems that it could be easier because to extract value, you have just to create externalities and to put this cost on the shoulder of other people or of the state or to cut costs and therefore reducing advantages for your employees or reducing the quality of the products for your customers. Mm. So this is the vision, is an extraction of value. This is how the neoliberalism as the paradigm of the society and company uh, has uh, imposed this model. So 
Now things are changing because people start to select and to look for the quality of the products and uh, to trust the companies to understand. So there is a big problem of uh, how information get people in the society. But when they have the right information, people decide for the best because they can select. Our growth has been concentrated in, uh, in the period after 2008 when uh, one of the biggest crises in the past 100 years affected all the Western countries. And even if our prices, for example, are two, three times regular products, OTC products, people prefer our products. So, which means that also in a crisis situation, people are more interested to select and to recognize the value. So I think that this will be the factor that could change when as the managers will understand that being a benefit it's the only way to be successful. Mm-hmm. Let's say in a, in a world where information are transparent and this is the real problem mm-hmm. and where uh, also the financial rules will uh, recognize the need of value and sustainability in terms of not only making profit in two, three months but looking and sustainability now, it's a word that it seems that people don't really think of what they say. <laughs> and we have a lot of words and a few actions. So we really need to change the paradigm. Which our word it's, in Italian is rovesciato, how do you say? It's uh, the opposite, yeah. It's the opposite way around. So there are really incredible things. Uh, you know, for example, we do organic agriculture. And it's an example that I like to do just to explain how crazy is our world. So we have to certify ourselves to say we are organic, which means that we have to pay and have people to come and control that we don't use chemicals while they don't go to certify people that use toxic chemicals in the field. It doesn't make any sense because we have to certify to do nothing and we don't certify who use pollutants and dangerous chemicals. So it's the opposite of it, or at least we think uh, it's strange Aboca because it's a benefit corp. While all the companies must be benefit in terms of uh, having uh, economic and social function. If not, there are not justification for them to exist. The law recognizes the possibility to create a company because it has a, an economical and social function. So this is a societal benefit. Once again, no, the opposite. So all the world seems to think in the opposite way. Just going back to you, Massimo, what would you define as your passion? The real passion for me is to find the meaning uh, for my life and for what I do and so this has been always my first question why I'm here what is my goal what is the goal uh, and the reason of life so it's quite <laughs> yeah. so what do you think what is the reason for life if we are you know well, so big it's question. quite a big question yeah, but yeah. in any case I found the, the answer and the fact that you give meaning to your life when you understand or at least for me, this has been my understanding that you are part of a living system, understanding and feel this living system around you, it's a solution. And then in everything you do, you have to found and to share this meeting and to contribute to that, which means understanding what means being part of a living system. This means a lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> so it's not important. You are important just because you are part of something bigger than you, but you're still important because you can, uh, in some ways, what you do, it's important for all the system. Yeah. So understanding that, and then I had the fortune to be in that situation, so having a company and, and being able to making decision and therefore to say, okay, I'm not only Massimo alone, I have an organization, let's shape it in the way it could have a meaning. And again, 
you find and look for the meaning of the organization. And the meaning of one organization is not something that you say, it's something that or exists or not. And then you have to create the situation and to work with employees, you know, that are people. And so to create uh, the condition where this meaning, even if it's not in words, but in terms of uh, why every morning we come here to work, why? A real point, and I cannot say it's the profit, but it's the fact that the meaning of life, the meaning of being an entrepreneur, the meaning of being an employee would be to create something, to understand something. So every day we have to understand something more and also at the end, giving meaning to our life means uh, identifying some values that can help you in order to be consistent with this meaning that can help you giving value to every day and to every person you meet and therefore at the end is the happiness what we are looking for it's like a conscious happiness and so this is a quite a passion to keep working on that discussing with people trying to understand every day and every moment if we are realizing that or not in your company what are the core values if somebody would ask one of your employees or so would they know to express that yeah you know at the end uh, uh, it's always i'm always uh, quite shy in order to express concept like vision mission and so on because it seems that when you use too many words then you lose the meaning <laughs> okay the value that are at the base of um, aboca are values that are also personal values the most important one or maybe all of three are important is the coherence mm -hmm. so the capacity to be consistent which means keeping up with the promises you make this is the most important point we have always tried to keep up with what we promise and so so talking about the claim of our products we maybe make uh, a promise which is less than what the products can do and this has been the way we gain the trust of our customers uh, employees and so on but being coherent it's also the key of innovation because uh, one of the rules that we have it's 100 percent natural so we don't want to use any kind of chemicals and we don't use that but this will drive us to innovation for example we don't have any of our products with vitamins or minerals. Why? Because vitamins are all synthetic, made in lab. Okay, because there is no way to concentrate vitamins from natural sources without adding chemicals. And therefore, we didn't enter in the market. So even if with our distribution force, we could sell, I don't know, it would be easy for us to make 20, 30 million euro selling vitamins. We decided not to do unless we are able to concentrate vitamins from natural sources. Being coherent and consistent means uh, at the end it's respect yourself. I mean, so, because if you make a promise, you have to keep up with that. So this is the first value. And it's once again a value that I learned from my family more than uh, as a company value. The second one is being uh, humble. And humility is also another interesting uh, concept because for us humility means that we know that if you want to innovate, if you want to communicate new concepts, whatever you want to do, you have to respect the others. And respect the others means that you have to demonstrate what you think. So in our case, for example, we refused, have always refused to be alternative because alternative means uh, I say that and I believe on that. I don't need to explain it to you. So this is like being a self-reference, you know. We don't like that. So we believe that humility means that I have strong ideas, good, but you have to demonstrate that. And you have to be able to change your ideas if somebody will explain that it's, it's a different, you know. And then this is very important because for Aboca, open aboca to discuss with pharmaceutical industry you know with the, with the authorities and in a very open manner where we know we have to demonstrate 
what we think. And then if you put together humility and a coherence, there is a third value needed, and in this case, is work. Because in order to keep up with your promises and to demonstrate to the others that you're right or you have to change idea, you have to work a lot. <laughs> and this work has to be a work based not only quantity, but also quality. So you have to go over the trade-off between quality and quantity. To, to go ahead, you need to work a lot and in the best way. And what we said is that uh, to doing that, you have to subtract the obvious and add the meaningful in everything you do. So this is very challenging, but at the end of the story for me, and I hope also for our employees, work, it's not a work anymore because it became a way of living. And then you can live thinking that you're living or you can live and you know you're, when you die you say wow i lived i didn't realize it so being so this is the real point uh, of combining value and work and company and life mm. and you really did a, already a good job because i noticed just talking to some of your employees and so on that they feel that their personal purpose of their life is so much intertwined with the purpose of your company <laughs> because they all want to be part of this journey of to innovate in everyday work for a better health for people right and then getting that formula for health from nature i mean there's nothing more pure actually or pure more beautiful than than that what about transformational points which are those in your life that have kind of influenced you the most you know, I've been always asking myself, you know, uh, since I was very young, because I lived in a quite um, innovative environment with my father. But uh, I think the point that made me had a clear vision of what I should do was, you know, after studying a lot and a lot of uh, from science from one side and philosophy from another side. So trying to give answer to my first passion, which is what is the sense of life. Then with the idea of the systemic thinking, and this was based on the knowledge of Fridjof Capra that for me has been a very important uh, step in order to say, wow, finally found a conceptual framework in the meantime, in the same years, I met also another important philosopher in, in Europe, François Julien, which is a sinologue that made a parallel between ancient Greek philosophy and Chinese philosophy. And also from him, I understand that how important is the processual way of reading the reality. Those two persons was very important for me because gave me the idea of, uh, you know, okay, maybe it's not just an intuition, it's not just in one point, there is a system that we could change. That at the end explain, I believe, not only the reason of a company, but the reason of life. In Asia and in India and everywhere I've been, that is so different from the realities here, people are automatically a bit more close to nature, you know, and there is, for example, in India, there is Ayurveda, the science of life. Mm -hmm. So life philosophy, nature, health, everything is more intertwined in the normal way of living, while in this westernized world, the world we are living in normally is very much separate, and it's definitely not existing so much into the education. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you're expanding your company, you've already expanded into some uh, countries. Are you thinking about expanding also somehow towards the east? as well in the future? Yeah, uh, it would be um, not easy because the culture is really different and the regulation is really different. But of course, we are looking at these countries also, even if our main goal now it's Europe with the Aboca brand. We have also a subsidiary in the US and we are working from inside, you know, the Western conceptual framework uh, and we will we get from the East philosophy and some concepts that now could really change the science. And one of the most important is this idea you said there is a separation between man and nature in the Western culture. There is not the same separation in the Eastern. And so this is very interesting. But there is not separation because they don't divide the 
at ontological level, the idea of being and becoming. So they don't have these two levels, they just become. And they have this processual way and this processual approach that it's very important also looking at disease and medicine in the Western world. In the Western world, we see a disease like uh, an event, like something that is independent, while it's the result of a process, reading all the process. It's our job, and we believe we can do thanks to the Western technologies. So putting together these two visions is the base of our, uh, of our work. Even if it remains that uh, at the social level, we need really a big shift from uh, looking at points and seeing systems. So this is what we still to do. And if you would dream a little bit and say, okay, I have all doors open to me. I have all kinds of resources imaginable available to you here right now. What is it that you would innovate or change then? you know, be it in your sector or if it's on a larger scale somewhere? That's a good question, you know, it would be like having the, the Aladdin exactly. <laughs> lamp and... Yeah. I would change the base of our economic uh, society. So we need to change the fact that we believe on, you know, let's think about the price of goods, for example. Mm. They are not reflecting the real externalities and good that are produced by them. How could we change that? First of all, I believe we need to change the law. Now it's clear that we need different law because we have different needs and we still work in a world where the framework has been made after the Second World War. We need to change that. And uh, I really believe that uh, if I could, I would push more the strength of you know, the international law that 20 years ago we were talking about, uh, you know, the United Nations. You maybe remember, uh, because it's like we have to say, you remember once existed United Nations that now are nothing. Mm -hmm. So there is no anymore the effort towards an international global law. And I believe this is what we really need to focus on because we are going back every country, like look at what is happening in Italy or in Europe. Every country is thinking in itself, making boundaries, or so the US is the same. So we are going back instead of going forth. And I believe that this is the point where if I had uh, the possibility, I will work uh, first. Very clever. And uh, if you would be able to give an, you know, one piece of advice to any person out there who is a leader of a company or an organization, what would that be? I would say look at really what great value and this is something that it's not so common. So because we manage companies just uh, looking at the balance sheet of the last year and the next year. So we work uh, as business as usual and many managers also and I had experience with my company a manager start normally they look without thinking that everything could be changed and that change now will also be a key for success and how to change again look at what create value we manage for example also pharmacies you know here in italy and europe and that's an example when you look at distribution they say, okay, I need to increase my margins, increase my profit. Well, what you have said, nothing. Because how could you do that? Then normally say, okay, reducing personal cost, fine. But if you reduce personal cost, you cannot give value in terms of, uh, you know, advice to people. So now it's more important selling products or giving advice to people. If you really look at the driver of the value, you'll discover that the driver of the value is not the goods that you sell, it's the people that you serve. So you have to focus on that. And even if at the first year, second year, they could cost more, then in the future, the creation of value will get back in terms of success. If you really know that what you're doing is creating value, then also you enjoy what you do. And this is also the way to involve people. I find it um, really 
interesting the fact that your source of innovation is future oriented and some innovation you do also with the pharma industry but then again also a big source of innovation in finding great solutions out there comes from ancient history and you have a whole museum actually avoca museum displaying this ancient history of medicinal plants and so on that is being actively used today to find solutions on problems we have today I think it's a fascinating combination. Yeah, something I believe unique and also this has uh, uh, something to do with the overcome of uh, regular trade-off, you know, because if you think of the future of you study the history while it's a combination of the two. Mm. And Aboca also, my father, when he started the company, started studying ancient books, ancient pharmacopoeia, ancient herbals, because uh, simply it's around, let's say, 200 years that we stopped studying plants. Because now we use plants only in order to extract one molecule, uh, modify it in a lab, patent it, and sell as a drug. This is the, the only kind of application of study that has been made to natural in the past 200 years. But in the past, in the millennium before that, human being has always been studying plants. And there is a lot of uh, knowledge that now we are trying to uh, analyze in the light of the new technology and techniques. So my father in the 70s started uh, studying these books and after 20 years uh, we opened a museum with more than 2,000 ancient books on uh, you know, herbals and pharmacopoeia. Mm -hmm. All the index of these books are part of a database so when we start studying a plant or studying a, a disease, studying a problem, we look on this index and we look at the ancient use of that plants or ancient remedies to that problem. And from there, we start to understand if for, let's say, St. John's word, to give an example, has been used for centuries against what they called in Italian it's male oscuro, the black disease, let's say, which is now depression, you know. So starting from that idea, looking at how and why they use that plant, then we try to find the solution thanks to the new technology. To give you another example, we found one of our most innovative products, which is a topic laxative, uh, like a micro enema, that normally is used with glycerin, synthetic glycerin, we found the use as topic laxative for honey in the past. Mm -hmm. And from there we started studying why honey could be used in that application and we found some technical solutions, so we worked on that and we launched on the market a 100% natural microenema, 100% based on honey. So. Our museum, our historical research center is the base of an innovation that now we are bringing also towards the big pharma companies because uh, we see Aboca as an open company. So once again, we want to share our know-how to be challenged by others. It's important. And so for us, discussing and working with the big pharma industries is very important because uh, it's where we discuss about the future of medicine. And then from the past to the future, we believe uh, we can play an important role because uh, nobody is doing what we do. So approaching the natural world with the idea of respecting and using what the evolution already have done in order to solve the health problem of the human being. But we cannot do that alone. We need to have uh, partnership and we need to have uh, uh, science with us and so this is a, a process that every day we try to push ahead. Massimo, if you go back like 15-20 years ago or so, what would be the advice you would give yourself? What we did 15 years ago was the right thing and was the fact of focusing on the roots of Aboca mm -hmm. and then even if maybe we achieve the results that we have in 15 or 10 years, but I think we went on the right way. And so I don't have any regrets. I think we have done what we were able to do. What would you say is the most important thing for 
companies to focus on right now? Any company, any sector, just generally? Is there one like common denominator for all companies? Mm -hmm. I believe that it's the capacity to understand your core business, you know. Also Aboca that do many things from research to crops to pharmacies, but we have a clear idea of what we want to do, which is create value for health for people through nature. So we know clearly that and therefore it's quite easy to make decisions every day, you know, but it seems that in some other cases you have companies that they look for the balance sheet again, mm -hmm. so because they need profit, but then when they have to decide, almost everything is the same because they don't have a clear understanding of what is where they create value. I believe at least this makes me comfortable because I know why I am here. So, and when you know why, you can share with your employees. Everybody needs to know why and before how and what. Why it's the most important point. So, in a kind of overcrowded situation, as a friend of us, you know, Roberto Verganti, the teacher of Polytechnic of Milan, that wrote this wonderful book, Overcrowded, where in a world where there is everything. Everybody can choose almost everything. There is everything has already been discovered. What makes the difference? It's the meaning of what you do. So focusing on why, that's, uh, I believe, the most important thing. Absolutely, I agree. To finish off on an even you know, bigger scale, I would say, uh, what do you think the world needs most at this time? The world means consciousness. And all of us as a business community uh, needs to really every day communicate and work with the consciousness that we need to change. And I don't feel this uh, urgency, this need of change real as I feel, you know. I feel that we will face big problems in the future for our kids and I don't like the fact that people are just doing and living as it was a problem of somebody else. So the world needs leaders and people that realize that they are part, they are responsible of what will be the future. While the feeling is, you know, it's too big, it's not on my shoulder, it's somebody else's problem, technology will get through that. No, I believe that the solution is ourselves. So we have at every level, I can do it as an entrepreneur, another could be as a manager, another as an employee, whatever you are, you need to be responsible, to feel responsible for the future. What we see now from, you know, the evolution of the U.S., you know, the politics in the U.S. or in Europe, they seem to go in the opposite direction, against the global community, against the, the, the climate change, against, you know, going back instead of going forward. So, I believe that we have to feel this responsibility. The world needs us. Do you have an example of somebody who you consider being a good leader, whether it's a good leader for a company or whether it's a politician out there or so? It's not one person, it's the concept of a community that has to be the focus of all of us. Mm -hmm. We have to enforce the community, to give a role to the community at every level. I don't believe that could be one leader, even maybe we need it because we be more of inspiration. But uh, in these times, I don't see one person that could lead this movement. Mm. And in terms of community, I mean, your company, as an example, is a community, not only your employees, but all the people you I see that you're affecting locally here around the region, with all the people you're cooperating with, with all the people also abroad, right? So you could say that each company is creating their own tribe or community and are working through them as ripple effects. So in that sense, I believe very much in the, the corpus, the body of a corporation or of a company that can do so much more if they would just, you know, as you say, the rovesciato, so to work yeah. on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. To move things around to the opposite and, and work for the value, purpose-driven agenda, and then therefore they will have the results that they're actually looking for. So if we can tweak and that. And then you can create a community that you know, link it to the territory, mm -hmm. but also to create a community based on these concepts, you know? We believe we are already in 14 countries, 
if you are able to work uh, being consistent you know at every level at the end you will create different communities which is a community of suppliers community of uh, customers community of uh, scientists community of uh, you know, for example we also have uh, a publishing house for example where we are looking for people that believe in our values that write books and this is another level of community then we do a lot of cultural events, even uh, with shows, you know, that one of these shows is uh, talking about the importance of and the intelligence of plants with music, which is called Botanica, where we impact in another community, which is people that would never maybe read in one book or buy our products. So you can work on creating a community network of network and trying to help the global consciousness with the idea that maybe what will be a sign of uh, the progress is the fact that the, you know we are used to say we and them so there is a difference between we and them and this space of difference between we and them in my mind with the progress will be reduced and we and them will be the same thing until we feel that we are part of a planet where all are together and this is the community we must consider. Thank you Massimo, thanks for sharing everything and I hope that so many people will listen to this and that they will also try to copy paste you could say parts of your you know business model and way of thinking and working to create more value together. If people want to find out more about your company where do they go now our website i think would be the best point to start www.aboca.com they can contact us through the website and get information there so it would be a pleasure and uh, i would also like to thank you for uh, vesna for this uh, you know conversation and i will be also very interesting to hear from the other member of the community and to get other ideas in order to you know, keep uh, building something together. Mm -hmm. Great. How did it feel to be on the podcast? I'm really, really glad for that, to have the opportunity to share our thoughts. I told you, I, I believe that we shouldn't be shy on sharing ideas. Many times the entrepreneur is closed, but I believe uh, we need to talk to each other and to hear ideas from each other and grow something and build something together. Great. And also you will find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. So you remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast and share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Share it with people you know would benefit from hearing it. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Arrivederci, ciao a tutti.